Greetings, Team Ajilam. Welcome back again to the third episode of a series that we started on the book of John that we're calling Walking with God. Uh, this is the second part of the message from last week uh, from John chapter 1 from verse 29 to 50, which I will read right now. Now, it says, The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptized but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testified that he is the chosen one of God. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples as Jesus walked by. John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who had who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah. Then Andrew brought, him, brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. So Jesus asked him, Do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth. You will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Whew, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Wow, that's so profound. Anyway, so the thing is, is that what we read is that on this specific day, Jesus is walking towards John and John says, look, here he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we talked about this last Sunday in terms of what this meant, that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And then what John does is that he goes on to tell the people that are around him that this is the guy that I've been talking about all along. Upon hearing John's testimony, two disciples followed after Jesus. And Jesus, looking at them, asked them, you know, what do you want? You know, which is actually really funny to me because it's like clearly Jesus was born like in Kanairo, in Nairobi, where he's just there minding his business and then they're just these random guys who are following him, right? This has actually happened to me once before when I was in Kilifi, where I was walking and there's some two guys start following me and I'm just there like I turn around, of course, in my Nairobi 
you know, nervousness. I'm like, you guys, what do you want? And it turns out they just wanted to help me and uh, with something that I was doing. <laughs> but I was obviously the same. You know that thing for, why are you guys following me? This is the same thing that Jesus does, right? That these random guys that are following him. So he turns around and he's not even cordial about it. He's just like, what do you want? Right? That's what he asked them. What do you guys want? And they're like, we want to know where you are staying. Now, the question at this time was equivalent to them asking, we want to be your disciples. Because really what they had done is that they had left John in readiness to follow Jesus, right? And Jesus says to them, come and see. And so the application, in essence, had been accepted. Because what they were saying is, we want to follow you. And Jesus is like, okay, come, 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 let's go, right? Now, of these two disciples, one of them was Andrew who was Simon's brother, whom later we get to know as Peter. And Andrew goes and tells his brother, we have found the Messiah. And it says that Andrew brought him to meet Jesus. And it says that as soon as Jesus meets Simon, he looks at him intently and he begins to basically, in fact, he basically gives Simon a new name, right? He gives him a whole new identity. Upon meeting Jesus, Simon finds a whole new identity. Basically, he found his purpose. That's what that whole name change is about. This is what, the, the, when you look at, through even the Old Testament, when God would change people's name, it was really about giving them new purpose and defining what their purpose is, right? And anyway, so what happens is, is that, so Simon is given a new name. The next day, they leave for Galilee, and Jesus sees Philip. And when he sees Philip, he says to Philip, come, follow me. Philip then finds Nathaniel right, after he follows Jesus, goes and finds Nathaniel and tells him, we have found the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. Nathaniel is like, Nazareth? He's like, what good can possibly come out of Nazareth? Now, during the time of Jesus, the Jews held those from Nazareth, a city within the region of Galilee, with very, in, in low esteem, right? This is why Nathaniel asks, you know, he asked him, like, what good can possibly come out of Nazareth, right? Almost in a sense asking, what good can possibly come out of a place like that, surely? But Philip says to his homie, come and see for yourself. And so Nathaniel goes. And when he arrives, Jesus cheekily says to him, ah, here is an Israel for whom the, who tells no lies. And Nathaniel asks him, first and foremost, how do you know who I am, right? And Jesus says to him, I saw you under the fig tree, chilling. And Nathaniel is awestruck, right? He's just like mind blown. He's just like, oh my gosh, you are the son of God. You're the king of Israel. And Jesus is just like, oh, so you, just because I told you that you're so, you're so hype, you wait and see. You wait and see uh, what, we're go what I'm going to do like, from here on out. You're going to see greater things than these. And so the question is, what can we learn about God through this story, right? And the thing is that there are so many things that obviously, I'm sure even for you, as you began, like now last week when we, you began to study the book of John, I'm sure there are many things that will stand out to you. And so for me, I just want to mention a few things that really stood out to me from this scripture. And the first thing that stands out to me is the calling to come. In this passage we just read, these three phrases really stand out to me. The first one is, come and see. The second one is, come follow me. The third one is, come and see for yourself. In the first case, it is when Andrew and the other disciple leave John and start to follow Jesus. And they ask Jesus where he's staying and he says to them, come and see. In the next instance, it is when Jesus is calling Philip and tells him, come follow me. And in the final instance is when Philip says to his friend Nathaniel, 
who is skeptical about a Messiah from Nazareth. And Philip says to him, come and see for yourself. Now, the thing that is interesting is that the Greek word that is used for come is the word ekomahe. I don't know if I'm saying it right, <laughs> but it's ekomahe, right? Now, this word means to, one, to come from one place to another and is used both of persons arriving and of those returning. And the two, and two, it means to come into being, to arise, to come forth. And so Jesus is not asking to come to where they are. He's asking them to come to where he is. From where they are, come to where I am. He's asking, in essence, through this, he's asking us to move from where we are and go to him. The calling to come is a calling to move from where you are to go to where he is. But this is not just a calling about movement. It's also a calling about arising, about coming forth. And the thing that is so interesting is that this has been and continues to be the persistent call of God over our lives to come. Just as we learned last week, that, no, not even last week, it was the week before actually, the first, the, first, um, the first message, is that what we learned is that Jesus, Yeshua, is the source of light and he is the source of life. He is the author and giver of what life is, Zoe, enduring progress, enduring vitality, enduring fruitfulness. He is the author of Zoe. Where he is, there is life. Where he is, there is progress. Where he is, there is vitality. Where he is, there is fruitfulness. Not just in this world, but to eternity. Where he tells us that through him, we have eternal zoe, eternal life. Meaning that we get to experience that progress, vitality, and fruitfulness. Not just in this world, but also to eternity and in the world to come. So in him also, what we experience in that fruitfulness... Really what that fruitfulness is that we experience in him enduring and unwavering victory. In him, we are constantly in a state of victory, regardless of what the situation looks like. Because in him, we're in a constant state of victory. And not just victory. In the Bible, it says in Romans 8.37, I love the Amplified Version, where it says, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him, an, over, an overwhelming victory. When Paul was saying those words, he was speaking to people who were experiencing troubles, and he's saying to them that in him we have an overwhelming victory, that this is not where the story ends. And so when Jesus is asking us to come, he's asking us to come to the side of life, to arise into life to come forth into life, to come to the side of progress, vitality, and fruitfulness, the side of overwhelming victory. This is what he's calling us into. And so in this passage, when he says to Andrew and the other disciples, come and see, or when he says to Philip, come follow me, or when Philip says to Nathaniel, come and see for yourself, this is an invitation. It's an incredible invitation. It's an invitation to arise. It's an invitation to come forth. It's an invitation to move from where you are and to go to where he is. 
this calling to come is for those who are sitting on the fence wondering about Jesus. You know, when John told the people around him that Jesus, who was passing by, was the Messiah, the Lamb of God, there were only two people who left to go follow after him, Andrew and the other disciples, meaning that there were others who heard and stayed. And the thing that you realize is that there are many who hear over and over again the gospel, but they never make that leap. They never want to come and see for themselves. They would rather get into debates about God rather than actually experiencing for themselves. I remember this experience that I had many years ago. And I, we had gone over to uh, a friend's place. They have a farm and it was a really nice plan. You know, a lot of friends had been invited over by him who was, he was the host. And the thing is that what happened is, is that he, as the host, got in a very heated discussion um, about God with one of the guys who was his friend, who he had invited. I didn't know who this guy was, um, but I met him while I was there. And they were having this discussion about God. And the host is a believer, but the other guy who is his friend isn't. And he was trying, what this friend was trying to do was to disprove the existence of God and why we, we, we would believe in God. Because considering all the suffering that there is in this world, how is it possible that a God could exist when there's so much suffering, right? Now, something that was really interesting to me that I have never forgotten to date was what the host said to him, who, the guy who was a, who's a believer. He was like, for him, he said to this guy, he says to him, God is real. And he's so real that what he says to this guy is that I want you, I want to challenge you to do something. He says to this guy, I want you to master up the courage to go to God yourself and ask him to reveal himself to you. You go and ask God to reveal himself to you. Then he says to him, and if he does, if he does, then there is your answer. And if he does not, then so be it. Now, the thing that happened is that this guy was so stunned because now the debate had become personal. Now we're not just here trading facts. What now the host was doing was asking this guy, come and see. Come and experience for yourself. And the thing is, is that this point is where the debate ended, right? Because I'm not even sure whether this guy actually went and took up the challenge to go and actually call upon the name of the Lord, right? I don't know if that's what the eventuality of that story, um, of how that panned out. But the thing about that story is that it reminds me so much of this experience that we're reading about here in John, right? Where the thing that I have come to learn and understand is that God is experiential. He's not a debate. He's not an intellectual revelation. He's, he, he is an experience. That is why he says to us, come and see. That unless you are willing to come and see, you will always be that guy, skeptical, wondering, watching, debating. And when you are ready to come and see, he is ready to receive you and to show you life. This is one of the things that you see throughout this whole kind of weaving of this story is a come and see. It's not a time for us to sit down and debate. It's a come and see. Psalms 34 and verse 8 says it this way, that taste and see that the Lord is good. All oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. The thing that Jesus, Yeshua, is calling us to do is to come and see. And not just to come and see, but to come and follow him. Now, what is significant about this is that 
I believe that this message is not just for those who have not put their faith in Christ, where it's just like, okay, you come and see. But this message is also for us who have put our faith in Christ, who have put our faith in Yeshua, that he is calling us to follow him in a certain direction, that he is calling us consistently. In fact, this is a calling that we have every almost every single day where he's calling us to come, come, come. But some of us are resistant. This calling to come and follow him is an ongoing journey of following after him. Where he leads, we will follow. Now the thing is, is that there are times where Jesus will lead you to places that appear daunting. There are times where he will lead you to what seems like you're on the edge of a cliff. Or like, you know, we studied in, in, in Faith Lifestyle, remember the series, uh, the Faith Lifestyle series of the story of Peter walking on water, where he'll say to you, you ask, and he'll say to you, come. And he had to walk on the water. He had to literally make that step. Peter had to make that step to step out of the boat and actually walk towards Jesus. Jesus, who is the great shepherd of our souls. The thing that I want to remind you of is that he will only lead us on paths that will bring life. This is the thing about him because he is the source of life. He leads us in paths that will bring progress, vitality, and fruitfulness. And sometimes those paths look very weird and unfamiliar. And so when Jesus says to us, come and follow me, when he says to Philip, when he's saying to us, come and follow me, it's because he's saying to us, come, I want to lead you on the path of life. Sometimes that path will take you through some dark places, but it is the destination. It is one of light. And so even for us who are believers, the thing is, is that we too also need to heed that call to come and see, the call to come and follow him. That the place that he is calling you to, should you choose to follow, you will look back and your testimony will be one of gladness, that you will be glad all the joys, like it says in Psalm 34, all the joys of those that take refuge in him. You know, when I think back for myself on the, 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 just how difficult the past two years have been, difficult, that I recognize that there will be a time that I will look back on this, on this period and I will recognize and see the progress, the fruitfulness that will come out of this because I believe in the name of Yeshua. Because I follow after his path. He will lead me on the path of life. That this journey, which looks so strange, looks strange and weird, that still this is a place in which he is leading us and guiding us. That he is the author of life. He is light. And not only that, that even through all this, and this is one of the most comforting things for me, is that through even these two years, these experiences that have been so difficult, that in this is an overwhelming victory that stretches beyond this world. That is who he is. That is who he is. That there is an overwhelming victory that stretches beyond this. Overwhelming victory is my portion. Even through this experience, I remember there was one time where um, thinking about this. Actually, I'll use this. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that example later in terms of uh, where that example lands. Um, let me land it a bit later. But the thing is, is even as I come to a close, 
there are two things that I want us to be able to quickly mention, right? And the thing is, is that Nathaniel was skeptical about what good could come out of Nazareth. And his friend Philip says to him, come and see for yourself. Some of us, there are situations in our lives that we have completely given up on. We look at those situations like what good could possibly come out of this situation. Today, like Philip, I want to tell you that Jesus, Yeshua, can turn any situation around for good. The thing is that you have to be willing to come and see for yourself, to take that situation to God and see for yourself. In fact, this is where I want to be able to bring this example. I remember one time, this was in 2018, where we had just in the business started to do a relaunch of our platform. We had rebuilt it from scratch and everything that could possibly go wrong was going wrong. And I'm telling you, this thing was so bad. We had billboards, we had done all this communication to be able to just get people excited about what it is that was going to happen. And every single thing that could possibly go wrong was going wrong. Like if there, were, if there was 10 things, nine of them were going wrong, right? And it was such a difficult time for me. I remember just thinking to myself at that time, what good can possibly come out of this? And I remember thinking, how is this going to turn around? How is this going to get better? And I remember I would consistently pray and just talk to God and just be like, God, help me in this situation. And I would never see really things moving. And I'm just there like, where? We are headed towards disaster. What's really interesting is that at that very same time as that was happening, I remember I traveled to South Africa for some thing that was happening. It was, a, uh, was a, some competition that was happening where we would have to go and present our idea. Um, and, and, and it was this thing that we, you know, all expense paid trip taken. I was just like, I'm going to go for this thing. Had no expectations. Was super anxious and just overwhelmed with what was going on back home in regards to the launch that we were doing. And the thing that happened is this, is that while everything was going wrong over here, and I remember even as soon as we launched, there were people who were complaining, this, this thing didn't work, guys were on Twitter yelling, saying, oh, we're not going to use this guy, all this noise. At that very moment when all that was happening, we end up winning a massive award. And now what happens is, is that the overwhelming PR is now about the fact that we've won this award. And that PR literally drowned out every single aspect of all the drama that was happening around the stuff that was going on with our launch. So meaning that the overwhelming conversation was about how, my gosh, you guys have won this award. That to me is such a great example of the overwhelming victory that Jesus provides for us in situations where you look at this thing and you're like, what good can possibly come out of this? In his hands, what we have is overwhelming victory. Just like Nathaniel, where we ask what good can come out of this. The thing that we need to understand is that when in Yeshua's hands, what good can come out of it is something that we cannot even continue, we can't, we can't even fathom. But what we have is a guarantee of overwhelming victory in whatever situation that we're in. Now, the last and final thing is that you will notice that in the portion of scripture we just read, how outside of Philip, everyone else that came to Jesus was brought by someone. Andrew and the other disciple 
was from John's testimony. That John's testimony is what now brought Andrew and the other disciple to Jesus. Peter came by invitation of Andrew. So after Andrew meets Jesus, he goes and he invites his brother to be like, we found the Messiah. Nathaniel came on account of his, an invitation by Philip. So what happens is this, is that they heeded the call to come and see. And once they did, once they came and they saw, what they did is that they went and told others to come and see, to come and do the same, to come and see for themselves. And how amazing is that? Isn't that the call that we have been given in Christ Jesus? To go and make disciples? That as we come and see and as we come and experience, as we come and we taste and see, that the call then is, is not for you to taste and see and sit. It's for you to taste and see and then go and invite others to come and taste and see. This is why the book of Revelations tells us that they overcame him, the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. That the people who have the ability to go and entice others is those who have come and seen themselves. Those who are experiencing Jesus for themselves. Those who are experiencing Yeshua and his miraculous power in their lives. The fact that he has transformed them, that he's renewed them, that he has caused them to see things differently. That he has caused them to awaken to their purpose. That they then are then able to then go and invite others to come and see for themselves. And this is the invitation that we provide to others. This is the reason why your testimony is powerful. is because you're coming to say of what you yourself have seen. What you yourself have witnessed, what you yourself have experienced in the transformation that God has done in your life, that then you have a testimony that you can go and say to others, come and see for yourself. That is all that God is asking you to do, is that you would go and be a witness that what he has done in your life, that you would go and share that with others and cause them to come and see for themselves. That because the reason why they will find the courage to come and see for themselves is because you yourself went to go and see for yourself. So when you come and see, the call is for you then to go and ask others to come and see. And so today, the way I want to close this is that I too want to invite you to come and see for yourself. I want to invite you to faith in Jesus Christ. So this is a call for the person who does not believe in Jesus. But also the call to the person who believes in Jesus is to say to you as well that whatever it is, whatever it is that you yourself also as a believer, I want to invite you today to also still come. That you would stop being so wise and woke. That whatever it is that the Lord is calling you to do, that you would follow him. That move from where you are and go to him. Move from your unforgiveness to forgiveness. Move from fear to love. Move from stubbornness to brokenness. Move from greed or stinginess to generosity. Move from your self-sufficiency to dependency on him. That you move from where you are and choose to follow his way. Because his way brings life. And so this is an invitation for all of us. That Jesus is saying to us, come. Come and see. Come follow me. Come see for yourself. This is a daily invitation at every moment we are being called to come. To move from where we are and follow him. Bring your marriage to me. 
Bring your business to me. Bring your children to me. Bring your grief to me. Bring your pain to me. Bring your doubt to me. Bring your struggles to me. Bring your strength to me. Bring your weakness to me. Bring your fears to me. Bring your friends to me. Bring your family to me. Come and see for yourself what I am able to do in your life. And so this call is for all of us. But especially now, I want to invite you who has not put your faith in Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to do that today. I want to invite you to come and experience God for yourself. Come and see for yourself. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. All the joys of those whose refuge is in him. This is a call for you. And if you are that person, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. That you would pray right now that Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the Lamb of God who has taken away my sins. I confess that I am a sinner in need of your grace. Would you come and transform my life? Come and lead me in the path of life. Thank you for your promise is true that those who put their faith in your name will be saved. I put my faith in your name. Come and save me. If you have prayed that prayer, I want you to know that you have come to faith in his name and his name is life. His name is salvation and he will help you. He will help you to live for him and he will never give up on you because now you belong to him. And we give glory and we give thanks today that you have made that decision. Get in touch with us on WhatsApp reach out to us and we will walk this journey together with you. For those of you who are already believers, I urge you today that you would move from where you are and go to where Jesus is. Go to where Yeshua is. Because he is inviting us every single day to come. Come to his side. Come to his way of doing things. Because his side is life. Amen? Amen. God bless you and see you again next week. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share with someone whom you love. Share with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe. Subscribe. God bless you guys.